Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. and grateful in the name of Jesus we thank you Lord for healing for deliverance Lord this afternoon let your word go forth let it not return to you void but let it accomplish the plans and the purpose the reason for your word the reason for your word oh Lord is healing and deliverance healing from our diseases deliverance from our destruction in the name of Jesus Father, set your people free through the preaching of your word. We pray for hearing ears. We pray for eyes that are open. We pray, Lord, for hearts that are not worse gross, but hearts that are prepared and sharp to be converted. We thank you, Lord, for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Clap your hands and you may be seated. Wonderful. Well, we want to continue with our message on how you can preach salvation. Now, you have all realized that um, the book is big. And you have to read the book. You have to read the book. So, at this point, I'm believing God that everyone has a copy of the book. Either in electronic form or you have a hard copy. But by all means, you must read the book. Hallelujah. And now, we want to continue for a short time. You realize that we cannot share the entire book in church. How many of you have realized that? And there's so much in the book that you have to read also. This is our Feeding 527, and it is a season that we take one of the bishop's books, these great books that the bishop has written, we take one of them, and we read it in church. Hallelujah. And we are all blessed. Amen. According to 1 Thessalonians 5.27. Amen. Amen. So last week, we were sharing on salvation message number one. God commended his love. How many of you were blessed with that message? Let us read um, um, foundation scripture on that. God commended his love. And then we will continue. It says, for when we were yet without strength, in due time... This is Romans chapter 5 and verse 6 to 10. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some will even dare to die. But God commended his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Do you understand the scripture? Let us read again from the New Living Translation to bring a little light. Let us read that scripture in the New Living Translation quickly. You have to move quickly because um, it says, you see at just the right New Living Translation. You don't have that? He said, when we were utterly helpless, when we were utterly helpless, that means when we were totally helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. When you are a sinner, you are totally helpless. You are completely helpless. He says, right at that time, Christ came to die for us. Now, most people will not be willing to die for an upright person. How many people will be willing to die for an upright person? You say, this is a righteous person I'm willing to die for. How many people will do that? In the whole church, no one person. Wow. I thought I was going to see one person. So he says, not, I say, most people will not be willing. And I see in the church that nobody will be willing. Even the will. I'm not talking about the action. It says, nobody will be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. Perhaps. We don't know. But not here, not in this church. We have realized that, including the pastor. Not willing to die for an upright person. What a shock. But God showed his great love for us. By sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. This is how God showed his love. And it's called great love. Great love is showed when a sinner is received love. When a sinner who does not deserve to be loved, who does not deserve this grace, receives it, it is described as great love. He said God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies. Can you imagine? Tell your neighbor, don't close your eyes. Wow. I see some eyes have been closed. Hey! After all the things I shared. So you have crossed number three out. Number two. You've crossed it out. Second condition. You cross it out. I'm looking at the eyes, so please. He said, For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now, we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Hallelujah. Isn't it assuring to be a friend of God? Amen. And so we share some few points here. Last week, we said, number one, God commended his love towards us when we were helpless and without strength. When we were helpless and without strength. That means God's love goes to the homeless. Do you understand? That is why you have to share the love of God even with the homeless. To the prisoners. These are people who are helpless. God's love reaches to them. 
to the poor, God's love reaches to them. And the outcast. Amen. Amen. Number two, we said God commanded his love towards us when we were ungodly. When we were ungodly, when we had no resemblance with God. When we had nothing in common with God, God sent his son to die for us. Hallelujah. That means when someone is an atheist, you have to share the love of God with a person. When someone says, I don't believe in God, still share the love of God with that person. Because they are ungodly. Anyone that says, I am not a worshiper of God, share the word of God with him. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It means that your grandmothers who worship fetish and idolaters, they are idolaters, they have all kinds of things in their room, you need to share Christ with them. You need to share Christ with them. Amen. And then we said, God commended his love towards us when we were sinners. When we were sinners. When we were sinners, God commended his love towards us. And then number three, number four, what did we say? God commended his love towards us when we were his enemies. When we were the enemies of God. Every sinner is an enemy of God. Do you understand? You position yourself to be an enemy of God when you are involved in sin. Hallelujah. And then number five, we said God commended his love towards us when we were far away. Did we share that? When we were far away. Hallelujah. God commended his love towards us when we were far away. When we were far away from God. We were not anywhere close to God. God commended his love towards us. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 13. He says, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off. Can you give us the New Living Translation in this one? Let me read it from verse 11. New Living Translation from verse 11. Ephesians 2 and verse 11. Ephesians 2 and verse 11. It says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. Gentiles are unbelievers. Gentiles are people who were not part of the Jewish community. You are not in a Jewish family. You are not a Jew. You are considered a Gentile. So we are all Gentiles. Do you understand? He says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were outsiders. This is the scriptures. You were called uncircumcised heathens. That was the description given to you. Whether you were a man or woman. You were an uncircumcised heathen. Do you understand? That means you are an uncircumcised unbeliever. You are an unbeliever, you are, you are not a Jew, and you are uncircumcised. That means you were totally far away. You were not counted. You were not included. It says you were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision. Even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. You see, and today we see that amongst us also. Our Christianity sometimes, it affects only our outward, not our hearts. Our behavior sometimes, it shows that our Christianity only affects the outward. And not our hearts. Amen. We come to church, we do all kinds of things, but our hearts are not changed. Our hearts are not changed. And you see, that is just showing to people what your outward appearance is. God does not care about your outward appearance. And this is what the Jewish people were doing. 
in the outward, they were all circumcised. They were all fulfilling the laws. But in their hearts, they were not, they were wicked people. They were killing prophets. Do you understand? Or you don't understand? So, in our time also, we have Christians who on the outward, they are praising the pastor. Oh, preach, pastor. I am so blessed by your message. But in their hearts, they are crucifying. They are, in their hearts, they are backbiters. In their hearts, they are gossipers. Do you understand? That is what the Bible is saying. I'm reading the Bible. Don't be angry with me. The next verse, it says, in those days, but tell your neighbor, this were back in the days. Say, back in the days. Say, not now. Tell your neighbor, I used to. <laughs> in those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You live in this world without God and without hope. Anyone who does not have God, Michelle, does not have hope. You are living a hopeless life. You see, you may not, you may not take it seriously, but I'm assuring you, if the word of God is saying it, believe it. That if you are not having God in you and you don't take God seriously, the life that you are living is a hopeless life. It is hopeless. But now, say now, you have been united with Christ. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. You have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. The blood of Jesus Christ has brought you from very far to become near. It has brought you from very far to be included. The next verse, it says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Amen. Amen. It is the blood of Jesus that makes us one. It is so powerful. The blood of Jesus that can make a Muslim come and be with us and be one. It is the blood of Jesus that can make black and white one. It is the blood, uh, the blood of Jesus that eliminates race. Nothing else. Nothing else. It is the blood of Jesus that takes away language, different languages. So you see, if you are in the church and you... You, you can only mingle with your people that we are the Fantis, or we are the Ashantis, or we are the Gans, we are the Ewes, we are the Jamaicans, and that is how you mingle. The blood of Jesus has not washed you. The blood of Jesus has not washed you. Amen. If you are in a church and you are able to gather the, um, the Ewes together, or you are able to gather the Puerto Ricans together, the Nigerians. We say we are the Nigerians. It means that the blood of Jesus has not washed you. It means that you have not received the blood of Jesus. The love of God is not in you. Because when that comes, it says, for Christ himself has brought peace to us. The reason why there's no peace among groups, you see, that is why in the church, I do not tolerate groups at all. I don't tolerate it. When I see any hint of group 
gathering and group against let's you know you are on my path you know you are working with me you are with me you are this you are with this i want to disintegrate it i want to even destroy the ministry i want to cancel it because you are nullifying the power of the blood of jesus whenever you do that i don't like it amen so if you are in a church and you feel being oriented towards a particular group of people that you know we are what type of group we are separate we do our things this is this is us that type of thing you are you are you are eliminating the blood of jesus from you because it says that for christ himself has brought peace to us he united jews and gentiles let me tell you it is only the blood of jesus that could do that the jews and the gentiles they did not see eye to eye is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? But when the blood of Jesus comes, when the blood of Jesus washes us, it breaks the wall of hostility. It breaks the curtain that separates us. It breaks the thing about language. It breaks the thing about tribes. It breaks the thing about color. It breaks the thing about nationality. Only the blood of Jesus can do that. Only the blood of Jesus. And someone who feels very far now you are brought near because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The next verse, it says, Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death. Do you, do you understand the scripture? So you see, if you, you, you focus on that and you want to bring division and groups and separation and this, you are making Christ's death on the cross useless. You are making, he says that together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups, the Jews and the Gentiles. How? By means of his death on the cross. This, he wanted to do this to bring unity, to bring them all together that we are all children of God. And so if you are, you are in a business of now separating the group that Christ has put together and you are bringing division, you are bringing separation and you are bringing subgroups, then you are nullifying the, the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross. He says, he reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility towards each other was put to death was put to death. So, I don't work with uh, airways. I don't work with Ashantis. I don't work with Jamaicans. I don't work with Gans. I, I work with the children of God. Yeah. I see children of God. Yeah. I don't choose you because you speak my language. I don't choose you because you come from the place I come from. I don't make that cho- I don't make, I, it doesn't cross my mind that you, 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 we come from the same place. What is that going to do for us? What is that going to do for us? Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. I see a child of God. I see a child of God. Verse 17, it says, He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. He brought... He brought this good news. And verse 18. 
Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Hallelujah. Put your hand together for Jesus. Isn't that amazing? The next one, he says, God commended his love towards us when we were thieves. Jesus loved the thief on the cross. When we were thieves. When we were thieves. Amen. God commended his love towards us when we were thieves. How many thieves are in the church? You are not a thief. Look, look. How many thieves are in the church? My hands are up. My hands. Two hands. You say you are not a thief. When we come to your house, we will see that you have printing papers that are not from the store. You didn't buy from the store. You have staples that you didn't buy from. You have tapes. You have, you have, you have uh, notepads. Notepads that you didn't buy from the store. You have pens. Pens that you didn't buy from the store. You say you have never stolen. You have gloves that you didn't buy from the store. You say you are not a thief. Lift up your hand if you are a thief in the house. Those gloves, did you buy them? Did you buy them? They say, use it to clean this old lady. You are, now they are in your house. They are in your back. Did you buy them? You say you are not a thief. Diapers that you are shipping. People, you ship diapers. Diapers. Washcloths. Washcloths. When we come to your bathroom, then the washcloths that are hanging there, did you buy them? Did you buy them? I knew somebody who was working with an old lady and her house had all kinds of antiques. The old lady is now blind. <laughs> and she has all these antiques decorated in her house. You say you are not a thief. And you say that it doesn't, she doesn't need them. She doesn't need them. Don't bring yourself. Because then I'll make the preaching choke, choke, choke you. <laughs> Amen. I'll bring it. Don't bring yourself. But God died for you even a thief. As a thief, still God commended his love towards you. Amen. Luke chapter 23 and verse 29. A convicted thief. He says, and one of the malefactors, thieves, which were hanged, railed, railed on him saying if thou be Christ save thyself and us you see sinners eh, we don't have patience you know we talk as if we are righteous you see if you are Christ save yourself and save us but the other answering rebuke him saying dost not thou fear God seeing thou thou art in the same condemnation and we indeed justly for we received the due reward of our deeds. But this man had done nothing. So there were two thieves nailed on the cross with Jesus. And one said to Jesus, if you are really Jesus, you are the Christ, save yourself and save us. But the other thief rebuked him sharply and said, listen, we, we deserve what we have done. We deserve the punishment. We deserve to be crucified. 
This man here, he has not done anything. You deserve to be di- you deserve to be crucified. I say for the stealing from the office, you deserve to be crucified. Amen. You go to the store and they give you change and then you say God has blessed you because the change was over. You sit in a car and you find somebody's wallet. You say God has answered your prayer. Amen. You come at the parking lot and you see $20 notes. Three of them. You say, hey, as you were coming to church, God has blessed you. And then you pick them up. You say, miracle money. Reverence, reverence prophecy has come to pass in your, in your life. Right here at the parking lot. Even right here in the hallway. You pick, somebody pull something from his pocket and $20 bills fell down. And then you pick them up and then you make the sign of the cross. But this was a convicted thief. And then he's, Jesus said unto him, Lord, remember, no, he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Wow. You see, that is why you should not hesitate to share the love of God with anyone you meet. Anyone you meet. Because you don't know who God has prepared. Perhaps this thief, God has prepared him on the cross to receive salvation. So you are looking at the convicted thief. And you are thinking that today is your day, you are going to hell. But that last minute... So you are looking at someone who is condemned. Someone who is in prison. Someone who has just been released from prison. Share Christ with a person. I say share Christ with a person. Somebody was going to get married. And then she was actually going to marry a pastor. And then when they get to know themselves. They get to know themselves. She found out that the pastor was once a convicted murderer. He was in prison. And someone ministered salvation to him. And he gave his life to Christ. And when he came out, he was all for Jesus. He was on fire for Christ. And then he became a pastor. And he wants to get married. So he found this nice Christian sister. And so when they they put in their background, application, what they fill the form. Then they found out because some of the questions they ask you, have you ever been convicted? Have you, if you are, you know, this, you are that. And then he has checked that he was once in jail. And what was it for? He was a murderer. The woman changes her mind. (laughs) Christian sister, she changed her mind. She says, how can I live with a murderer? I cannot sleep if I sleep. <laughs> if I sleep and my neck is like this, how can I be safe? You see, so we see, we don't believe in the power of the blood of Jesus that it can change a murderer and make him a pastor. Amen. But we all have a past, don't we? We all have a past. Some of us, we have committed abortion before. We are murderers, but we have been married. You killed innocent babies, and God saved you. 
understand what I'm sharing with you? And if we were to dig into that sister's life, we would find out that she was also once a murderer. Not once. Amen. But convicted thief, Christ died for him. Amen. The next one, he says, God commended his love towards us when we were blasphemous. When we were blasphemous. Wow. You see, it is only the blood of Jesus. Here, 1 Timothy 1, verse 12, he says, And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, who hath made me able, the blood of Jesus, he says, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer, and a prosecutor, and an injurious, but I obtained mercy, because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, except the blood of Jesus, except Jesus enables you, someone who was a blasphemer, how can you now preach the gospel of Christ? Someone who was a blasphemer, someone who was persecuting the churches, destroying the churches, Beating them up. When someone says, I believe in Christ, it will cause you to be whipped. And now this person is preaching the same gospel. Can you imagine? Except that the love of Christ comes upon you to change a former blasphemer. Look at that scripture. It says, New Living Translation. First Timothy. New Living Translation. It says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength to do his work. Christ Jesus has given me strength because I could not have done this. My guilt will not allow me. You know, some of the things that we have done, our guilt will not allow us to hold the Bible to preach. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? But the love of Christ, it strengthens you. He says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. So you see, there is no sin that somebody can say, I've done this evil thing that makes you not want to share Christ with a person. Amen. Amen. Then he says, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ, in my insolence, I persecuted his people. That means your ignorance You know, there are some people who do things out of ignorance. Do you understand? They do things out of ignorance. And they think that they are working for God. This is what Paul felt. He says, in my insolence, I persecuted his people. But God had mercy on me. Because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. But even such a person, even such a person, God commended his love towards you. Hallelujah. God commanded his love towards you. He said, oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that come from Jesus Christ. That come from only Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Paul is a clear witness of the mercies of God. He is a clear example of the grace of God. Hallelujah. He said, God commanded his love towards us when we were poor. When we were poor. When we were poor, poor people, when we were poor, 
in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to them that are in captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty they that are bruised. The blood of Jesus is for the poor. Gospel is to be preached to the poor. A lot of us, we don't like poor people. You see, sometimes our behavior makes us feel like we have never been poor before. But you have been poor before. You have been poor before. Don't tell me you have not been poor before. You have been poor before. It's just that now you have three meals a day. But you have been poor before. But a lot of us don't like poor people. A lot of us don't like to mingle with poor people. We think poor people are problematic. Do you understand? Especially you see someone who is always asking you for something. When you see that person, you want to pass somewhere else. Certain phone calls, when they come, you know they are coming from a poor person and you know they only want one thing. But do not exclude poor people from your life. Amen. Amen. Don't turn away the poor. Don't turn away the smelly people. When you meet people on the street who are smelly, share the gospel with them. Share the gospel with them. Don't let the smell of the person cut, cut out salvation from the person's life. After all, how long would you endure? And even if you have to endure, so what? Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Don't you think that smelly person, if that, that was the only sinner on earth, Jesus would have died for him. So if the king of kings would have died for that smelly person, what makes you think that your nose is too precious? You know, sometimes when you are even, you are outside on the street and you are trying to share the word of God and you see some filthy person, you want to give the track afar, you know, you hold the tip of the track and you like, even when he touches the track, something from the hand can come in the track and touch you. So you want to release your hand before the person receives the track. True or not true? See, but all those people, God is watching over them. And Christ died for all those people. You know, one day somebody sent a video. It was one of these videos that people sent. And there was a church. And the people were in the church and worshipping. Perhaps you may have seen the video. They were worshipping. They were having praise and worship, preparing for the word of God to be preached. And then as they were all coming in, there was some poor, smelly person in their parking lot, begging for money, covered, all wearing tattered clothes, smelly. And all the church members bypassed. They saw him and then they passed around. They go to the other place and they go to the church. They go and they go. And so they all went to church and this poor person now got up and wanted to come inside the church. And as he was coming, the ashes were trying to clear him away. They don't even want to touch him. You see, they clear him from afar. Hey, go, go, go. Where are you going? And the guy was forcing his way. He wants to come to the front. And because he was so smelly and so ragged and nasty, they couldn't come near him, so they couldn't drag him out. So he made his way to the front. And as soon as he got to the front, he took everything off. And there he was. That was their pastor. 
that was their pastor. Isn't that amazing? Christians. I'm going to try that one day here. I saw that and I said, I'm going to try it one day here. Even I shouldn't have told you because now, when you see a poor homeless person, you may think that's a pastor. But I'll have someone do it and then I'll be here. So you will not be. I'm giving you all the secrets. Let me hold it. I have my plans. Amen. But the gospel is for the poor. Amen. The gospel is for the poor. When you go home, when you have a chance, read Matthew chapter 11, verse 1 to 5. When the John's disciples went to Jesus, John sent his disciples to Jesus and asked, are you the one that is to come or we should expect another? When Jesus was listing the evidence to show that he is the one that they are to expect, the Messiah, one of the things that he placed on it, and which was the last and the most important thing to him, besides that the blind is receiving sight, the lame is walking, and all the healing, the deaf is hearing, and so on and so forth, he said, and the gospel is preached to the poor. And the gospel is preached to the poor. Beloved, let the poor be a part of your ministry. I believe that this is one of the things that has lifted this church up. I'm talking about the United Denomination. That the, we, we support gospel to the poor. To poor places where no one will go. And that God has blessed this church so much. Amen. So tell your neighbor, don't run away from the homeless. Don't turn away from the smelly people. Number nine, God commended his love towards us when we were fornicators. When we were fornicators. Wow. When we were fornicators. Amen. You see, this is a common sin. That's why, you see, whenever you mention fornication, you know, it's like, um, as for this, all of us are included. Isn't that so? Yeah. But God commended his love towards us. Oh, you are not included. Where is the person? You say you are not included. Let's read the scriptures. John chapter 8. John chapter 8 and verse 3. He says, And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him, they brought unto Jesus, a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, This woman was taken in adultery in the very act. We caught her in the very act. You know, I mean, there are certain sins when you are caught, you are caught. (laughs) Do you understand? When you are caught, I mean, isn't that so? You can't say anything. So, you see, there are certain things when you do and you are caught, you can't even defend yourself. You can't say anything. You are speechless. <laughs> you know, you are known to be, perhaps this woman, she was one of those women whose mouth very strong. You know, talking, yabi, 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 but this time she could say anything. She could not say anything. Red-handed, caught. You see, some of you, we have not caught you red-handed. So, you are looking as if this does not involve you. But this one, they say they have, we have caught her red-handed. In the very act, we caught her. I don't know where the people were. 
He says, now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. This is Jesus. Do you understand? So whether you are a bedroom, whether you are a fornicator, an idolater, an adulteress, whether you are a thief, whatever you are, your sin to Jesus is sin. So they think that they have brought some wild evidence, but the Bible says Jesus stooped down and he was just, they told him that we have caught this woman, we have brought her. Tell us what to do to her. And then she, he just stooped down and he was writing in the sand with his fingers. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, by one, by one, beginning at the elders, the elders of the church, the Pharisees, and the scribes, beginning at the elders. You see, you, sometimes you think that certain sin is just only for young people. But beginning at the elders, <laughs> even unto the last, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst, the woman too, she's somewhere. When Jesus had lifted up himself, and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Have no man condemned thee? You see, I'm telling you, there are certain sins there. When you are caught, you are caught. Otherwise, when the people run away, the woman should have also run away. Because Jesus was not looking. But she was convicted. In the very act. So she's right in her track. She couldn't move. Now Jesus lifted up her, his eyes and said, Why are those people who accused you? She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. You see, Jesus does not condone the sin. Do you understand? He does not condone the sin. He does not encourage you to sin. But whatever sin you have committed, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And then he will send you and say, go and sin no more. He says, you are a fornicator. From today, you are not a fornicator anymore. He says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, all things are passed away. All things are become new. Everything is become new. Yes, you, are, you were a fornicator before, but today as you come to Christ, you are a virgin. Amen. I say you are a virgin. Ask your neighbor, are you born again? You are a virgin. Except the married ones. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That is the word of God. That is the assurance. Amen. That is assurance. And the last, number 10, he says, God commend his love by loving us when we had many problems. When we had many problems. How many of you have problems? When we had many problems, God commended his love towards us. A lot of people don't like people with problems. Even pastors don't like people with problems. 
Do you understand? People that always have issues. People, pastors don't like that. That you, every time you have an issue, every time you have an issue, you see, but Christ's love, it doesn't matter how many problems you have. It doesn't matter what your problem is. You will come, you know, people don't, if you are a shepherd and then we are assigning you people and then we assign you someone who has a lot of problems, you see that after a while, you see, this one is too much. <laughs> true or not true? Yeah. The person is calling you morning, evening, night, calling you every time. You say, Pastor, can you give me another sheep? And that is when you call your pastor and you say, Pastor, this person has this problem and I think this one, he needs a pastoral something. This problem is beyond me. It's not beyond you. You don't want the problems. People don't like people who have a lot of problems. But God commends his love. God commends his love by loving us even when we had many problems. When we have many problems. Have you realized that you have so many problems? That when you begin to pray, it is a list of your problems. But God is not tired of hearing you. God is not tired of hearing you. It is only this kind of love that brings salvation. Amen. Many of us, you know, Bishop is right. And he says that in the past, many of African countries didn't need visas to travel abroad. To go to Europe. You didn't, to, to travel to England, if you are from Ghana or Nigeria or any of these um, Anglophone countries, you didn't need a visa. Or you didn't know that. You didn't need a visa. This is not too long ago. I remember very well. It's not too long ago. You didn't need a visa to travel to these places. If you go, all you need is your passport to show that you are a Ghanaian or to show that you are a Nigerian. But then when they realize that the people are coming with their problems, they are coming with their problems. They say, let us do something about that. So there was a game. They played a game. And then um, some Af- African countries boycotted the game. And they say, if you are boycotted the game from today, you are coming to our country, you need a visa. It is not because of the game. They don't want your problems. Because they realized that people were poor. And they were coming with their problems. People don't like when you have problems. Bosses at work, they don't like you when you have problems a lot. Every day, you, 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 your child is sick. This child has a daycare problem. You have a um, babysitter problem. You have this problem. They don't like employees like that. But Christ commend his love towards us. When we have daycare problems, when we have unemployment issues, when we have marital issues, when we have papers issues, you see, People cannot deal with all your problems, but God will deal. He says that we serve a God. He said, we do not have a high priest. We do not have a high priest who does not know of your difficulties and your challenges. Our high priest, he knows your problems. He knows that your exam is an issue still. Amen. He knows that the marriage is still an issue. He knows that this singlehood is still a problem for you. It's just that you are not talking about it, but your, God, your heavenly father knows that you have these problems. Amen. He says, come unto me, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Are you heavy laden? Come to Jesus and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. 
and ye shall find rest unto your souls. He said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Wow. The burden of Christ is light. So he says, bring your heavy yoke. Bring your heavy burden. And he will exchange it and give you. So that is why when you come to Christ, you should live with a light yoke. You should not carry the same heavy yoke. Amen. Amen. And the last one, is it the last one for this chapter? He said, God commended, God commends his love by loving us when we were sick. When we were sick. Wow. When we were sick. You know, a lot of people don't like sick people. Many people don't like to deal with sick people. Amen. Oh yes, I've seen it. I mean, Bishop was writing that he says, in the world rounds, when you, um, when doctors go on rounds and they are checking on patients, I've seen it. I've seen that, you know, when you are sick, you have a smelly foot, you smelly ulcer, or you are homeless and you are smelly and people don't like come to come to your room. They don't like to come to your room. Do you understand? They don't like to come to your room. When they are rounding, you about three, five minutes, they are done. And then they ask, is everything okay over there? The vital signs, the medication, is there anything that we need to change? Anything? Okay, let's move on. Oh, yes. Or they assign the, um, your smelly ulcer to the most junior person in the team. You say, after we finish, go and change the dressing. When the nurses come for the assignment, no one wants you. True or not true? Aaron's. You say you are sick, you have gone to the hospital. No one wants you. Then they give the assignment. Some of them, they come very early. They are supposed to start at 7 o'clock. Because of you, they come to work at 6 a.m. to check the assignment and say, I don't want this patient. I don't want this patient. True or not true? These are people who have sworn oath, doaths and nurses sworn oath that they will not discriminate whether you are poor, rich, smelly, clean, dirty, whatever you are, they will take care of you. I'm telling you, they don't like dirty people. They don't like sick people. Sometimes they don't want their sermon because you are too sick. You are too sick. They will be too tired. Too much work with you. Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. But not Jesus. Not Jesus. Hallelujah. I said not Jesus. He will sacrifice for the sick, the sickest person amongst us. Isaiah 53 verse 5, he says, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. He says, and with his stripes, with the stripes of Jesus, Every stripe that he took, every stripe that came upon his body, it was for our healing. Every stripe, may the sick be healed because of the stripes of Jesus. Your sicknesses that doctors don't want to take care of, they say you are too much, you are dying in three months, you are dying in six months. We don't have medicine for this, we don't have time for this. The stripes of Jesus are healing you. I say by his stripes you are healed. May you be healed by the stripes of Jesus. May that disease leave you by the stripes of Jesus. Cancer is cancelled from your life by the stripes of Jesus. Say so you don't have insurance. So we are not taking care of you. you are making, they are making referral for you for a doctor's appointment. They say, oh, by, this is what is insurance. They say, oh, I don't want this one. 
This is the insurance. Oh, she doesn't have insurance. She has only Medicaid. Oh, we don't want this. Oh, we don't take this insurance. We don't take that insurance. There is no insurance that Jesus does not take. There is no insurance. The ones who have insurance, the ones who do not have insurance, he said, by his stripes, by his stripes, you are healed. By his stripes, you are healed. With or without insurance. The sick, they come to him and they are healed. They say you are smelly. They come to him and they are healed. Hallelujah. Sometimes gynecologists, they, you go and visit to a gynecologist and then they, 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 they come out. They come out. They say you can't stay in that room for long. They come out. They come out to breathe and then they come back to take care of you. They come out. Oh, I'm, you don't know, huh? Oh, yes. They come out. And then Everyone in the clinic will know. Maybe we should not preach all these things. You see? But not Jesus. Not Jesus. Not Jesus. You can be smelly. There is no insurance that cuts the blood of Jesus. There is no non-insurance that cuts the blood of Jesus. The love of Jesus, it cuts across every disease, every sickness, every smell. It cuts across. The love of Jesus. That is why we have to share God. We have to share the love of God with people. Not medicine. Not, 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 not insurance. Share Christ with them. Because they can have the insurance, but doctors will not take them. Hallelujah. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet. The love of Jesus. The love of Jesus. The love of Jesus. The love of Jesus. Oh, what great love. Such great love. Whilst we were sinners, whilst we were poor, whilst we were sick, whilst we were smelly, oh, whilst we were having many problems with all of our problems, whilst we were far away, God commends His love towards us to bring us near, to unite us with the citizenship of Israel, to unite us, to bring us into this kingdom. To make us his children. To make us to receive and inherit the promises of Abraham. The blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. You can say. What can we say? What can we do? All we can do, O oh Lord, is to offer this heart to you. Lord, we offer it not halfway. We do not offer part of it. But we want to offer this heart completely. Completely. We yield this heart to you. Take this heart to God. And let it bring you honor. Mold our hearts. Change our hearts. Reform our hearts. For when the heart is sharp. And when the heart is received. And when the heart repents. Then you heal us. We thank you Jesus. For your word this afternoon. We glorify your name. We give you praise. We give you honor. In the name of Jesus. But all for this heart. Oh God. Oh God. Completely to you. If there's anyone here this afternoon. You are not born again. You have not received Jesus Christ as your savior. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I've realized that there is no sin that is above the blood of Jesus. It doesn't matter what you have done. 
someone was caught in the very act in her sinful state the love of Jesus came over God commended his love towards her in the act when she was bathed in fornication when she was bathed in adultery the love of Jesus it finds you whatever state you are in he says whilst we were yet sinners whilst we were yet sinners if you are here this afternoon you are saying pastor I want to give my life to Jesus I want to invite Jesus Christ into my life I want to receive salvation if that is your prayer this afternoon lift up your hand and I'll pray with you is there anyone here like that anyone here like that you want to give your life to Jesus you want to give your life to Jesus is there anyone here like that you want to receive Jesus Christ into your life if there's anyone here like that just lift up your hand your right hand and I'll pray with you you are saying pastor pray with me I want to give my life to Jesus if that is your prayer lift up your hand and I'll pray with you anyone here like that father we are thankful and grateful for the gift of salvation we thank you Lord we bless your name we thank you for your love your sweet sweet love we are grateful and we are thankful for this great love in Jesus name amen We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.